We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid Death. Are you thirsty? Parched? Do you like dark and eerie sinister names for your beverages? Then you'll love Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com. Use the promo code BIGBLUE. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always my co-host Nick Filato. And finally tonight, we get to discuss winning Giants football again. On the offensive side of the ball, this is our game film, all 22 coaches film review. The Giants offense against the Washington football team. This is a review that will show you the end zone angle. This is a review that will show you the sideline angle. We'll break down every play. We'll finish this bad boy off by giving a sign by signing superlatives, best player on film, highest effort player on film, unheralded player on film, best throw, best play call, best route, even pass blocking grade one through 10, run blocking grade one through 10. So if you're new to the show, that's all new to you. If you're not, I may sound like a broken record, but that's quite all right because we got ourselves a Giants win and I'm happy I got to reintroduce the system we have for breaking these game tapes down. So Nick, without further ado, well, actually, before we do it, let's let's see. Was there anything you wanted to touch on, just like an overall thought or anything from the tape? Mike Kafka did an excellent job scheming against Jack Del Rio's defense that he saw two weeks ago. There were a lot more redundant calls in this specific game, and a lot of them were just switch releases to the field side, like that post wheel that we kind of have seen so much in the past. Only this time, the number two receiver that ends up being the number one receiver after the route distribution ends up kind of curling inward against these off leverage type of defensive backs because we know Jack Del Rio is going to run a lot of too high. It was a ton of too high. There was a ton of quarters against a Giants team whose philosophy on offense is to run the football. So you can run the ball. It's difficult against that front. And I feel like the Giants did a pretty good job up front, but I also felt like the Giants took advantage of the off leverage and they used the quick game passing attack. Like we saw in overtime when Daniel Jones just hit a couple slant flats to Isaiah Hodgins on that 18 play drive, we saw similar play designs. We saw similar I'm just going to read half the field pre-snap. I'm going to make my determination. I'm going to read one defender, and then I'm going to react. And I felt like Saquon Barkley was also incorporated into that passing attack pretty well because the way Del Rio's defense typically plays the uh, the halfback is it's somewhat different, but he'll use the edge to the boundary and get Saquon Barkley. You flare him out to the boundary side, and now he's matched up against like a 260-pound edge rusher. You're going to take that matchup. Right. 
any step of the way, right? And there were also plenty of times where the middle linebacker would be matched up. Daniel Jones would have that middle linebacker flow out with Saquon Barkley, hit the slant right behind his ear hole. So I just felt like the Giants did a really good job methodically moving the football down the field and just attacking space and picking what Jack Del Rio's defense was giving them. Yeah, there was a lot of talk in the recent weeks, maybe the last month or so, about how bad Mike Kafka was as an offensive coordinator, how there's he should be fired, he's holding this team back, it's all on him, even some weird conspiracy theories that I'm sure you might have like stumbled upon, like he's doing this on purpose for a reason because they don't like Daniel Jones, they want to like that type of Was that content. really a theory? What'd you say? Yeah. Is that real? Oh, you're lucky you didn't stumble upon that. You don't have to waste your time reading that um, and getting aggravated about it. But this was a great bounce back game for Mike. I mean, throughout the last four weeks, we've pretty much shown you guys on film why that's bullshit theory and all that is bullshit pretty much. Was there things we wanted to see more of like the quick passing game? Sure. And did we finally see it this game? Yes. As Nick just broke down. And so I thought he did a really good job incorporating the quick game, going more pass heavy, going more shotgun heavy. That's something I've wanted to see. Man, look. I'll stand by this. Daniel Jones is a much better quarterback, in my opinion, out of the gun. There's the splash plays are still going to come under center when everything works out. And we have that five, seven step drop play action under center. He hits his back foot. He has time. The deep routes open. Like you're still going to get our best plays from that. But to be a more efficient offense that sometimes move the ball better, I think he's better out of the gun. And we've even run that. We even showed in this game, we can run the ball a little better out of the gun. Some of our best runs came out of the shotgun. And I think that's something that's really important moving forward. So I thought he had a great response game, Kafka. Like you said, he built off a lot of what he saw on tape in the first game against Del Rio, used those tendencies, even had some tendency breakers of his own that I will get to on a couple of plays that I want to bring up, which I thought was impressive. Anytime you have a tendency breaker call, I'm like, good job. You know, you showed them this over and over on tape. Now you did the opposite. Great job, Kafka. So it was a nice response game from him and obviously a really good game from just about like all the John. I didn't think like anyone on the offense had a too bad of a game, really. That was kind of my one of my big takeaways. We didn't move the ball much, but Jones, pretty solid game. Barkley, pretty solid game. You know, the receivers, pretty solid. The line, pretty solid overall. There were some obviously, you know, worse players and some better players there, but it was a good game. It was a good game plan. They did what they had to do, and they put together the biggest drive of the game, the game-changing drive, that 98-yard drive, which I'm excited to break down. So let's start this off, though, by going over the first drive, which is not as exciting. It's a three and out from the Giants. That's okay. We start off with a three-yard run, and this was a play. It's a single back, little jet movement pre-snap with Richie James to try to get some misdirection, try to get some eye candy. Um, and they come out out of a... They, they attack a quarters look here from Washington. This kind of gives you an example of what you're going to see a lot of on your screen tonight, which is 31 and 22 or whoever is in the backfield there for Washington lining up in two high looks. So that obviously invites the run. It definitely invites the run. And I also felt like it was interesting in the first matchup between the Giants and the Commanders. The Giants used a lot of GH counter similar to what the Commanders used. You didn't really see that from the Giants offense. There was much more of duo and zone type of running. And here you just have a quick little fold technique from John Feliciano to just kind of pull around the down block of, I believe that is Mark Lewinsky. It's just Feliciano can't really finish the block on Jamin Davis and Barkley only ends up picking up three to set up the second and seven where the Giants come out and empty right away. Something else really that was actually more. go back to that first down play. One thing I wanted to mention, I think this play, if you look at it from the end zone angle, shows the limitations of having Feliciano as your center here. I mean, look, it's not an easy block to make, but come around here, do a better job here and make that block and you provide your, uh, Take on Barkley, a big cutback lane right there. Yeah, Davis does a really good job just kind of catching it and then just working his way back and back to the inside as 
who's at Montez Sweat, is kind of setting a firm edge on Evan Neal. That's a good matchup right there for Evan Neal. Great play by Davis, honestly. I'd love to to see a a Giants linebacker play it that way when he's got a pulling center coming at him. Yeah, maybe Landon Collins. (laughs) Maybe. So like you said, second and seven here, they're going to go empty. What is this? I love it, Nick. I was calling for empty all last week. I want to use more empty, but then they motion Saquon in as a fast two um, just to get a little quick game going, a classic quick game concept, curl flat. As you can obviously see, they got Slayton running the curl, Barkley in the flat to try to take away defender. But this is bang, bang, quick play, and Washington's pretty much ready for it. They're sitting on a in, uh, on a stick route, and he gets his hand in there. Yeah, and the Washington Commanders blitz to the boundary side, which is the side that Jones looks towards. So the blitz comes right into Daniel Jones's face. Jones knows he's going to have Darius Slayton on this quick slant. I just felt like, I think that's Danny Johnson, I believe his name is, played this ball really well. And then the next play he does is sneezing attack that hopefully didn't get picked up by the mic because I moved. And this is a, the other type of plays that like you want your number one wide receiver to catch, right? This is a difficult, very difficult play for Darius Slayton. The ball hits him. You can see how Jones kind of does that little shoulder because he sees how 52 is coming right at him and how the safety is matching Saquon Barkley to the flat. So he looks, sees he doesn't have Barkley, and he quickly fires this to Slayton. But it hits Slayton in the chest. Very catchable. Difficult play. Does not hold on to it. I didn't think it was a flag, though, like Darius Slayton did. I think it could have been. I mean, I don't want them to call flag on these because then they'll have to call them on others. But I think it could have been. I felt like the defender had his arm wrapped around him. It's hard to make that catch when the defender's arm is like in between. See, it comes off, though. You're right. The defender's arm does come off at the end. Yeah, I'm always going to settle for the defender in those type of quick bang, bang situations. Yep. Sets up a third and seven here. Once again, what do we see from Washington here? Quarters look pre-snap. And just for those who don't know, quarters is you can see just judging by Nick. Why don't you break down quarters one more time just in case people are new to the show? Yeah, so there's cover four, which is more of a spot drop. That means you're just going to basically drop to your traditional zone. If you play Madden, that's what you're like thinking of. You know, oh, I got this deep fourth. Quarters is more of a too high read coverage where those safeties are going to read the release of the number three or the number two. If it's a two by two, three by one set in a simple manner, it's Essentially, that cover four, only there's pattern match built in to the coverage. So your coverage is going to be dictated by the routes of the opposing wide receivers. But when we reference quarters here, one reason we're referencing it, because Washington runs it so often, it's a favorable box because you have deep off leverage defensive backs. Those cornerbacks on the outside are going to be deep and you're going to have two high safeties. Now, this is a quarters look pre-snap, but it's going to rotate to a cover three post-snap where the one weak side safety is going to come down over the number three, and he's going to look to intercept anything coming over the middle of the field. And that's going to be Daniel Bellinger. If you're watching on YouTube, he's the number three receiver on the front side of a three by one set. So that safety is just going to drop down in the middle of the field, as you can see. And now you have kind of a cover three match type of look. Daniel and Jones. when you hear us say something like robber, that's what we mean. Watching that safety from the two high come down and play in like a robber role, which is like Nick said, to intercept the three. And this is one of the things that makes life so difficult in general in the NFL for quarterbacks. You'll see one look pre-snap. And then after the snap, the defense and the safeties will rotate into another look. And that's one of the things that's differentiated differentiated the Drew Breeses and the Tom Brady's of the world, their ability to so quickly process what the defense is shifting to post-snap versus what they're showing pre-snap. Even sometimes understanding the tendencies they show pre-snap are just a di- uh, basically a diversion and basically some kind of look that makes you, that's trying to bait the quarterback into something and then going to the right decision. So here we have the Giants, uh, uh, you know, Jones will they'll read it post-snap and throw it uh, a little stick route to Slayton. 
And you can see on the bottom of the screen, you have a switch release. The Giants ran a bunch of these in the game, but the number two and the number one receiver, see how Richie James goes. And now he's going to become the number one receiver now that the routes have materialized. And And is that what you mean by switch release, Nick? Yes, this is what I mean by switch release. And then James is just going to cut his route off and sit. But Daniel Jones is going to throw to the backside. He likes the one-on-one matchup. What I'm imagining is he confirms that the safety is dropping down. So he knows he has one-on-one with Darius Slayton against 36. Again, the ball hits Slayton in the hands, but it's really tight coverage and the ball is not held onto by Slayton. We can watch Daniel Jones' eyes to see exactly what he diagnoses on the play once he receives the ball. You can see he looks directly at Cameron Curl. Cameron Curl drops. He knows he has the one-on-one. 22 stays with Saquon Barkley. Fire the football. Good coverage by Washington. And now the Giants go three and out. And I think that's a great point that you made there, Nick, because some people might watch this and not realize that this is actually a really good read by Jones because he's reading that safety rotating down to take away the three there, the Bellinger, whoever that is in this. I think it's Bellinger, right? Yeah, it is. It's Bellinger. And so he makes the quick decision to come off of that and then stick his foot in the ground and rip that ball to the to the to the uh, stick. But unfortunately, you can see the leverage of the cornerback from Washington pre-snap. He's not really I mean, he's really sitting on this route. Yeah, he's forcing Darius Slayton towards the sideline. He's playing right. inside leverage. You can see how he turns his hips, and he's like, okay, I'm going to play this top and just play right through the catch point. So his leverage is to the inside, and he's like, if you want to try to break down and go vertical, I'm going to cover that. If you right. cross the face, you have this underneath defender, but he's more so paying attention to Saquon Barkley. So I'm wondering if this was a quick slant type of route against off coverage, if the Giants would have been able to complete this. Yeah, that's interesting to think about, too, if they ran a different route there. Um Anyway, three and out. We move on to the second drive here, which is not so successful either, but they did were able to pick up a first down, the Giants here, with a five-play, 19-yard drive that ended in a punt. It starts off, though, pretty good here. They go empty, which, again, I was calling for, and finally we're getting empty now, two, two plays of empty. And what can you run out of empty? You can run a lot of quick game. That's kind of the goal of empty, run quick pass game. And here's just a little slant flat concept. This is one of my favorites out of quick game. Slant flat, curl flat, whatever. Both of them work, in my opinion. This one, like you said earlier, I think in your breakdown of just like observations from the film, Nick, you mentioned how there were some situations where they're able to get Barkley in advantageous spots as a receiver. This is certainly one of them. And Jones delivers the ball. I like how, I like where he delivers the ball, too, because it gives Barkley a chance to turn around and then get upfield for extra yards after the catch. I think if he throws it outside shoulder or like where you think this ball is supposed to go, it actually probably just leads him toward the sideline and out of bounds. You're right. And this is a quick, decisive read by Daniel Jones. Look, the Giants, like a lot of NFL teams, they throw a lot with these quick concepts to the boundary side. That means it's not as much space, but this is the two receiver side to the boundary. But I think pre-snap, Jones made that decision by reading Jamin Davis and Cameron Curl. Jamin Davis is a little bit inside. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Saquon Barkley is basically at the top of the numbers, whereas Jamin Davis is about three yards off the number. So on a flat route, if 26 drops and does not cut underneath, then you're going to have Saquon Barkley with leverage on Jamin Davis. And that's exactly what happens. You'll see right at the snap, Daniel Jones looks, he sees 36 start to drop 31 Cameron curl. Who's a safety on that side. He just drops to a, to a deep coverage. So Daniel Jones at this point knows he's going to have Saquon Barkley for a quick pitch and catch. Sets up a second and one. And one thing we've learned about the giants in the second and short second and one, two or three, they like to run the ball. They'd rather just pick up the first down. Like I said last night, I'd like to see him take one shot off of this. It's 15 weeks of film of doing the same thing. Good to be a, ten- a tendency breaker would be nice, but it's fine. They run due and they pick up the first down here. Yeah, they just run the football. You could see it's a unique formation. The Giants don't run too often with the stack up at the numbers 
under center single back. It's not something we see typically too much from the New York Giants, but you can see how Saquon Barkley just kind of lowers his shoulder, picks up two yards to set up a first and 10. First and 10 here, you're going to get a weak side stretch run out of 12 personnel. Um, this is against a quarters look pre-snap. Yeah, you can see the safeties are deep and Saquon Barkley runs away to the weak side. You see how you have the double Y set on the right side of the offensive formation. Saquon Barkley is going to get it. John Feliciano is going to pull around. Deron Payne does a really good job kind of restricting this from the backside, kind of slides right off Evan Neal's block. Four-yard gain. Four-yard gain sets up a second and five or six, but then was the Evan Neal first false start. Not great from Evan Neal. Really struggled earlier in the game, I would say, and got a little bit better later. Sets up it instead a second and 11. Where the Giants, I like the call in general with the quarterback draw. I'm just a big fan of calling quarterback draw, quarterback power. Um, this one didn't work as well as some of the other ones have worked. I think it was played pretty well by Washington. But they were able to still get five yards out of it and set up a third and manageable. Jeez, Daniel Bellinger <laughs> totally false starts and it wasn't called watch. He literally turns his entire body yeah, and everyone's right. pointing at him. Luckily, yeah. Feliciano like just snapped the football right after and the refs just overlooked him and Giants benefited from some non-calls. I mean, like you said, though, there are so many non-calls and calls throughout the game that can be dubious, but this is another one that I'm sure Washington fans will not appreciate. Yeah, for sure. But it does set up a third and six situation for the Giants after that. Again, third and manageable. This is like a cover two, looks like to me, from Washington that they that they uh, play after the snap. And this was an example of a play. I put this one on Twitter, man, because this was early. I know you can see, like, I'm watching it here from the sideline angle that the receivers kind of run into each other in their routes. But even so, they're st you're still able to create that whole shot for James. But more importantly, the whip route at the bottom of the screen to Hodgins is available with a lot of space toward the sideline. But... One thing that's not available here is time in the pocket because Evan Neal gets beat really badly by Montez Sweat, and that forces Jones off the spot. On this type of game, you know, in this type, it's essentially quick game to me. It's not full quick game, but a bit. is this considered quick game, Nick? Ball's uh, supposed to be out pretty fast. I mean, it's supposed route, right? to be out. Yes, yeah. you're supposed to read, but you have both your, like you said, both your receivers run into each other. Oh, but no, no. I'm only meaning that to say, like, on a play like this, you need to have the protection because if the protection breaks down yeah. like this and it forces Jones off the spot, there's not much he can do because once he breaks free, as you'll see, that route's no longer open. Yeah, it's not. And the the two wide receivers running into each other, I think, really altered Richie James getting out of his break on the seven route because Richie James, if he was at the numbers at this point, if you're watching on YouTube, Daniel Jones, if he wanted to, may have been able to slip this football in because this is a Tampa two robber coverage. You could see how it's middle of the field, close cover three pre-snap. That safety rotates down and then you have the other two outside cornerbacks tape deep halves. So that seven route is there with Isaiah Hodgins underneath in the flat with the whip route. It's just uh, Daniel Jones doesn't really have the time to get it to him. He takes a pretty bad hit and it's completed to Isaiah Hodgins for four yards, Giants punt. And that's a rough play from Evan Neal, right? It pretty much stops the drive, in my opinion, because if he, if he just has a solid block here, I think he's getting that ball out to Hodgins for the first down. Um, I've seen Jones make that throw. So it's a rough rep for Neal after a, a rough rep two plays ago when he took the false start. So just not Evan the best. Just, he just, look, look, he just commits his hips so early, man. He's already flipping his hips and giving Montez Sweat that edge, and he right. can't gain any access to Montez Sweat because Sweat's just so good with his hands and such a long player. Just gives him such an easy edge to run around. Daniel Jones is lucky he was able to step up and away. That was a pretty heady play from Jones. It's just nothing was really there for him under that type of duress. And Neil had a kind of a rough and rocky game. I think it's uh, it wasn't the worst game that we've seen from Evan Neal. It wasn't as bad as last week, right. but it definitely wasn't his his best outing either. He was better in the run game than he was last week, I thought, which was a ni nice uptick at least just because last week was bad. But the past 
we'll see what happens with that. It's he's still got some time left this season. I, and I think he's playing through an injury. I think that's part of the Evan Neal experience this year that he's just not going to be healthy at any point really this year or fully healthy. I should say everybody's to some degree healthy at this point. Uh, but we start the third drive. This is the beautiful drive, the 18 play 97 yard drive. And here we go. We start up up front, you know, we're backed up in our own end zone. So why not use some 13 personnel here? Um, and you're going to see just a little duo run here. It's a two yard run, gets them backed up out of the end zone. I thought Nick, and I was curious to get your take that if Glowinski does a little bit of a better job kind of helping and coming off and just, you know, executing a little bit more, Saquon can kind of first, he bounces inside and then just kind of just like bounce outside. Cause I felt like there was a pretty solid, you know, crease created by Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen. If, Glowinski's guy doesn't get free. Yeah, Glowinski's guy. I mean, he is Second an all guy. Yeah, he's he's, he's an all pro linebacker though. It's David Mayo. All right. Yeah. So we got to, <laughs> to give him his credence. No, but you're right. I think Saquon Barkley saw the hole at this moment. Pausing on right. YouTube, John Feliciano and Ben Bredesen had an excellent combo block on. I'm not sure who that might be. It might be Jonathan Allen. I'm not 100 certain. But Feliciano was kind of driving him off the ball as Bredesen is locating the second level defender, and you could see there's a little sliver with. Feliciano leaning to his left. It's a little sliver to, to Feliciano's right that I think Barkley just kind of lowers his head and is just trying to pick up yards because they're backed up on the goal line. But you're right, man. There is a little bit of a cutback lane, but I'm not going to pin that on Barkley. I just think... Uh, no, no. Glowinski is yeah. asking. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But even even with Glowinski, it's, it's a good combo block. block. It's a good yeah. combo block up front on Sweat. Neil's able to get his hips around, but Mayo just did a pretty good job penetrating. Yeah. Good job by David Mayo. Sets up a second and eight. And finally, the Giants make this play work. They sell the play action really well here. They're in 12 personnel. Everyone thinks they want to get back out of the end zone. But what do they do? They run that play action play with a tight end chipping and releasing. It's Nick Vanette. He's wide open for what? what is what? A 15-yard gain. 15 yards. And I love this play because you motion Darius Slayton to the play side, which is the boundary side. And he acts as the clear out. Look, pre-snap, he's aligned behind Nick Vanette. That's the formation. And he clears out that deep defender. And now you have Nick Vanette faking the block on number 96. And then 96 has to choose Daniel Jones or Nick Vanette. He chose Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones got the ball to Vanette. It's this simple yes. <laughs> RPO type of plays that Mike Kafka had so much success with early in the season. So it's good that he brought it back in, in a timely manner and it wasn't sniffed out by Washington. Now, first and 10, backed up out of your own end zone. What can you do? You can go back to the quick game. You can go back to the pass. You can go back to letting Jones operate as a shotgun. All things I've called for, all things you've called for, all things we wanted to see, all things they did a much better job of in this game. And here you see out of the first and 10, it's a two-by-two two set. They're just going to take the flat here with Saquon Barkley. I thought that's a pretty good job creating yards after the catch here. This could have been a one- or two-yard gain. He turns it into four. Yeah, you just have basically two in-breaking routes and just throw the ball to Saquon Barkley. I felt like the Washington defender was all over it, but Saquon did a really good job, as you said, just kind of spinning around and then just carrying. I think that's Bobby McCain for like an extra yard or two. And that sets up a second and six, another two-by-two two just uh, set here. And this is a really good job by Washington. They play this really well, this pass to the flat to Barkley, but he just puts in an incredible juke, which you guys are about to get to see on the sideline angle. I mean, Bostic plays it well. He's right there, but... You know, Barkley, when he's playing at his best and when he's fully healthy and looking like he did in this one fresh, he's the type of player who can win those one-on-one -on -one type uh, matchups in the open field. And this is another play that's confirmed pre to post snap by Daniel Jones. You can see Daniel Jones is just going to look at Bostic. Oh, he's darting the flat. I have Saquon. Just get the ball to Barkley in space. Barkley can do this to you in space and make you look silly. Yeah. Giant sidelines going crazy. Hattie's throwing his coat off. This is just a ridiculous cut. Just silly. This is the type so of stuff pretty. that Saquon Barkley can do. And watch. You can see Bostic kind of cheat in that direction. I think Jones realizes that. 
confirmed. Get the ball to Barkley. Filthy. I mean, that uh, should have been a one or zero yard gain to set up a third and long. Set it's a first room, down. The film room is going to be so difficult for John Bostic this week. And I knocked John Feliciano earlier for not being able to reach. Um, this one was a more egregious miss, I thought, by Feliciano here. It's a five-yard loss on a first down run here. He just It's a tough job. I get it. It's a tough assignment. But, man, like that looks really ugly when I watch it. And it's not all Feliciano's fault. I get it. It's a tough assignment. But this just gives you an example of like why Nick and I were all over Creed Humphrey in the last couple draft classes and different kinds of centers that we think Giants can target in like that pick 40 to 60 range where you can get someone who's going to make this block. Yeah, he's a two two eye technique, Jonathan Allen on this play and Feliciano has to reach him. So he has to cross his face and get his hips midline of Jonathan Allen. It's a very tough assignment. Yeah, I'm imagining that Ben Bredesen is supposed to maybe chip and just stick his arm out to, to halt the momentum of Jonathan Allen, who just straight penetrates the A gap. And at this point too, Dan, this is a loss of what, five yards five, on this yep. play? Like, I'm like, oh, man, the Giants are screwed. It was a nice drive, but they were really resilient. They were able to pick up the first down in a couple plays. Yeah, they had a couple plays on this drive where they were resilient on. The first one's going to come in a couple plays, then we'll have the fourth and nine later, another third and nine as well. So two third and nines and a fourth and nine on this one drive. But this is the second and 15 against a cover two look. Giants pretty much just take what's given to them here. A uh, little, little stick route here to Richie James, pick up six and get you into a third and nine. See, look at empty though. Look, look at what it's doing at to Washington's empty. defense. Yep. Look how spread out Washington's defense is. You have two receivers well outside the numbers. You have one receiver on the two receiver side aligned on the numbers, which is a boundary side, less space. And then you can just throw this stick to the number three receiver to the field side. You have that linebacker kind of giving Richie James space, opening his hips. And then that other linebacker or safety, whoever that is, is being held by Daniel Bellinger's seam route. So just take what's there. Yeah, pick up a couple yards, put yourself into a manageable situation. And I think honestly, Nick, this is not meant to knock or criticize Jones, but I think he can, if he wants to try to stick that ball to Daniel Bellinger too, if he wants to, I see, I mean, I just watch it. It is what it is. You can be, people can disagree, agree, do whatever they want here. But I did just watch back-to-back weeks of Trevor Lawrence on tape and he makes these throws like constantly or he tempts them constantly, I should say. And it's, it's a nice, it's a tough throw. I'm not mad. He didn't make it. It's not an easy throw. It's a tight window throw, but if he wants to, I think he has the arm talent to sometimes just rip this thing. I mean, possibly I'm fine with him taking James because I don't know how those defenders underneath you have two defenders underneath how they're going to react. And I'm pretty sure this, we got to get it over those guys for sure. In between. Yeah. And this deep half safety is going to react down to the only vertical out in his his area. So I'm, I'm definitely more so just fine with him taking James, which is I think six yards. This was a second and 15 so you pick up six yards pick uh get yourself into a third and nine yeah i'm not criticizing the decision at all but there there are smaller windows i've seen thrown into so just something i think he can do and occasionally i like to see him do it but it sets up this third and nine here one of the best plays of the game from jones i mean people can talk about the fourth and nine which is fantastic too and we'll get to that but this is a tough spot in third and nine because the pressure is bearing down on you you know that there is no other option here to complete this pass other than Stand in there and take a damn hit. And then you can remember from Jones' rookie season, he did a shit. He did a ton of these. He had a ton of these plays on tape where he was just standing in there saying, I don't give a crap. I know I'm going to take a massive hit here, but I'm still going to deliver the football as if nothing would ha- was going to happen, right? As if no hit was going to happen. And that was evident on his Duke film as well. I thought he did a great job of standing poised. And so he does it. He delivers the football and he gets it into a damn tight window here for a conversion. This was a really fantastic throw. 
It was a great play by Jones. Just shows his toughness. We know we know that. And if you watch watch Washington's defense on this play, it's a three by one set, and the cornerback or the defensive back, that apex defender, is cheating at the line of scrimmage. He blitzes right away. Jones realizes that he knows he can throw hot, but he has to wait for Richie James to get to the forty yard line, the numbers, and then fade outside to make that catch. That's a really good play. Let's we'll watch it from the end zone angle as well. But Jones had to be patient under duress, and he did a really good job delivering a strike to James. Had to be patient, had to put drive on that football, which I thought he did a great job of. Had to put good ball placement on that because if that ball is placed a little bit more inside, it could be broken up by that defender. It's a little more outside. It's not a catch. This is really as good as it gets from the quarterback position, I think. Yeah, it was a very, very good place to set up a five-yard rush by Matt Breida on first, the next Out of first what? Attempt. Out of the shotgun, right? Out of the shotgun. Finds, finding some success, running the ball to the shotgun. And you could even see from this angle in the end zone, that is a lighter box than they've been seeing a lot of the time when they're under center trying to run the football. Yeah, that and also Washington just loves to align in these two high defenses. Yeah, they really don't okay. care if you're under center or not. You're right. They just, they're playing to, they play their style of defense and you got to beat them their way. And like we said during the, uh, the last podcast when we went over this game, like they use nickel and dime like all the time. So yep. theoretically, you should be able to run the football. Well, the Giants had some success doing that in this game. Yeah, you're right. They had a decent amount of success doing it. So that was a five yard run sets up a second and uh, second and five. And once again, they go back to the quick game here and just find this was another, I thought, pretty good patient play by Daniel Jones. You'll see it maybe from the end zone angle. If I'm remembering this play. Yeah, this was the play I was thinking of. I thought Jones did a good job of working through his progression here. He want you could see from the end zone angle, his eyes go directly to the right. He wants to, to work that little. I think it's just a curl flat on the right side, but he realizes it's not there. And he comes right back to another stick route here with Hodgins and it picks up the first down. He was also, I know the exact progression I think he was going through because this is a similar play that, that the giants had success on with Darius Slayton. Only this time it's Daniel Bellinger running that deep over. Watch how he looks to Darius Slayton. He's watching the defender who is on Darius Slayton. And then he's going to see if Daniel Bellinger has the speed or the leverage on this defender to break into the space where this deep safety cannot locate him. But Daniel Bellinger doesn't necessarily have that at the time. So he just goes through his entire progression and we'll watch the end zone gets to Isaiah Hodgins, who with Richie James in the three by one set is running that switch release. And you can see how Washington, their defenders, they don't banjo coverage this. The number two cornerback matches Richie James and flows outside of Isaiah Hodgins. And now look how much space Isaiah Hodgins has against the original number one cornerback. See that? That's that's just a very good read by Jones and great job by Hodgins just to decelerate Back it up real quick, Nick. So explain yeah. real quick what you mean when you say the corners don't banjo coverage them. Your banjo is just a switch coverage. So sometimes a lot of teams and this is more more so happens a lot from like stacks and bunch bunches and things like that. Like if I'm aligned over you and then you release to the inside, the defender who is inside is now going to take you and I'm going to have your assignment who's releasing outside that that would be like yeah. a banjo coverage so it's basically just like a switch coverage for the defense here that does not happen you can see how the number two just goes with richie james and then now isaiah hodgins who was running inside you can see how he's crossing to the top of the numbers after being aligned well before the bottom of the numbers now he has that leverage against the defender who was originally on him and i like the usage of switch releases by the giants and by kafka um especially because you can you can get situations like this where the defense doesn't use banjo and you're going to get a lot of space right there between the corner and Isaiah Hodgins. Still a really nice tight window ball regardless here. You can and see from the end zone angle, watch Jones' eyes, watch yep. him go through the full progression here. And then now he goes to Bellinger. He goes to Bellinger. He's like, no. 
that's that's very impressive and like he's he has some pressure on andrew thomas's side from 97 not really it's pretty good pocket nfl for from nfl standards but look how many he checks he goes through his entire progression tree right there to get to isaiah hodgins very impressive and that's a very tight window there but back it up one more time i want to talk about one other thing here when i watch the great in the pocket the great pocket manipulators the tom brady's the drew Brees. I'll be honest, they look a lot like this on that play. And that's not to say Daniel Jones is now one of them. He would have to do this over and over. But watch his feet here. He doesn't panic. He doesn't bail from the pocket. He doesn't go right. He doesn't try to run that gap. Instead, he just shifts his feet. He just uses that small space. It's not like he's moving any kind of crazy amount, right? It's just like watch his feet. Then he resets, takes one hop step back, and then rips into that throw and gets him to a nice platform to make a throw like that where he has to come across his body and go back to the field side. So just a a really good job by Daniel Jones there from a footwork standpoint, I thought. Absolutely. And also an excellent job by the Giants protection. This is a five man protection. You have the linebacker blitz. Everybody's accounted for a hat on a hat. And all you have to do is, you know, one guy to lose his matchup and the play is blown up at each Giants offensive lineman holds their own here. Look at Ben Bredesen's hands. I thought he had good hands on this too. Yeah. I mean, he misses his first punch, but and he, and he comes up numbers. low, comes up low, gets that hand on and then just gets the other hand underneath and just sinks down. Pretty good and job. I know too. It's not even really like this linebackers, like he's kind of just spying Jones a little like he, he gets in there, but it's not, it doesn't look like he's using power, right? He just right. kind of like hand fighting and staying near the line of scrimmage, but also gets a little bit too deep to actually be a true quarterback spy. It's a great throw by Jones and a great play by Jones. One of my favorite of the game from him, even though it was just the second and five, there's other ones to talk about. Sets up a first and 10 here. What do the Giants do? They're back in the gun. They're not going back under center. They're leaning now on the quick game. They know they're generating offense from it. And so you just get another little slant, uh, slant flat combo. Classic slant flat, classic curl flat. But it works. I mean, use it until it doesn't work. If you're going to get these, you know, quarters looks like you see here with these two corners way off the ball, the safeties playing too high. I know they're rotating down most of the time here, as you see here. But if you're going to get that, What's that going to do? It's going to open up the slant. Even here, I mean, he doesn't read it so quick that I think he just reads the curl flat. But even here with that safety coming down to take Bellinger, whoever that tight end is coming over the middle, that confirms that the slant's going to be open. Yes. Think about it from an X's and O's standpoint. What has Jack Del Rio shown so far? Jack Del Rio has shown that he will blitz these linebackers to get a fifth rusher. And he has shown when he's in these quarters looks and he wants to transition to a cover three, he is going to rotate that that weak side safety down over the top of whoever's coming across the middle of the field from the three by one set. So here you have another three by one set. This is more of a bunch, but you're going to run Daniel Bellinger over the middle of the field. And what happens? That safety is going to rotate down. He's going to look directly at Daniel Bellinger. So now you look to the two receiver side. You have Saquon Barkley matched up against 96, and then you have an inward breaking slant against off leverage. Just take what the defense gives you. You allow 96 to cross the window right there to match Saquon Barkley and just deliver the football to Isaiah Hodgins. This is just Mike Kafka knowing the tendencies of Washington's defense and then the Giants exploiting it. And you can also see how Daniel Bellinger knew this. Daniel Bellinger would have been open here. They knew that Washington was going to have this safety drop down. Daniel Bellinger just breaks his route off. He knows he has the space. This could have easily have went to Bellinger, but it goes to Hodgins instead, which is fine. You know, that's, that's all good. I mean, either option was there for the New York Giants, but that's because Mike Kafka's putting this offense into a good position to have success against this defense. Well said, Nick. And Jones as well, deserving some uh, good amount of credit here for just operating quick. This is his forte to me. It was his forte at Duke. Again, it was his forte with Shermer. Let him do it more. Let him run shotgun. Let him run quick game. It's, in my opinion, it's our best chance for offense at this stage of where we're at with personnel. But here you're going to see it sets up this um, was this the this was the second and three 
run here, split back uh, run here, four yard gain and a first down for um, Barkley. This is out of 21 personnel. That means two running backs on the field, Breida and Barkley. And more importantly, Breida makes the block to make this possible. Breida makes the key block because Washington, man, they take Jamin Davis and they just blitz him off the edge. And you can see what happens with the Giants offensive line. It looks like this is going to be GT counter out of split back quarterback counter, I should say, because you can see just a bash with the running back going away from the design run. You pull the guard and the tackle, but Daniel Jones reads and he sees both of these guys pinch and he knows he has Matt Breida who can chip 52 who's coming in. So he hands the football off instead of keeping it himself. Luckily, because Washington is just kind of all out blitzing. So this yeah. just ends up being a four yard gain, but this uh, play design could have easily went to Daniel Jones with the guard, the backside guard and tackle blocking on the bash concept. Yep. And so that sets up a first and 10 for the giants. Now starting to roll the ball down the field here with some good pace. They get another quarters look pre-snap at least from Washington. Um, as you can see them drop the safety at the end there and they just try to find Daniel Bellinger. Um, but it's a little bit, looks like just the timing of the play was a little messed up. Jones, not his best pocket presence example. You can kind of see him kind of fidgety in there, moving his feet around. Looks like maybe it's the Evan Neal, I guess, pressure. If you want to call that a pressure that scares him a bit. But um, it kind of throws off the timing, and I th think it throws off his balance and his footwork and his ability to get the ball to Bellinger here. I'm not 100% certain why Daniel Jones was so skittish in the pocket. I think he's just waiting for Daniel Bellinger to come up. I mean, he has one-on-one -on -one matchups to the outside. You can see at the top of the screen, he has Isaiah Hodgins with a little bit of leverage. I I'm not going to chastise him for not throwing that because I think he had already settled on checking the football down and maybe... I'm imagining he wanted Daniel Bellinger possibly to do something else. That's what it just at That's least what I think. Yeah, I think he was a miscommunication like. with him and Bellinger. Has to be. I think he wanted either Bellinger or Saquon Barkley, who were both chipping and releasing once he saw that all four of those cornerbacks dropped and not one of them rotated down. Yep. Yeah. So we got the end zone angle up. See what Daniel Jones eyes. I think he's right there. He's confirming what the safeties are doing. He sees the linebacker drop the depth to undercut Richie James. So now he knows he has some space just to check the football down. It's just Bellinger never looks. I think he wanted Bellinger to sit at this moment because he has all that space, but he just keeps yep. running. And I don't know why he really jumps in and out of that pocket like that, but that's something that I'm not really exactly sure of why he would do that. If he just kind of stays in the middle there, I think it's kind of just an easy throw here eventually. Um, but yeah, I agree. what it is. He jumps out of the passing lane. It's going to happen. It's not, you know, we're not looking for perfect from anyone on this team. That's never going to happen in the NFL. That would be not even Patrick Mahomes. But now it's a second and 15 situation after that, because we get our second Evan Neal false start of the game. Really tough spot for Neal here. Luckily it doesn't kill him on this drive. This is probably one of those plays I was talking about with you a little bit off pod here. I'd love to see the whole shot occasionally here. As you can see on the bottom of the screen there, I think that's Darius Slayton running that route. Is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's okay, though. I know what he's about right now, and I know what they're about. They want him to take some of these safer throws, I would imagine, with the coaching. And I know this is something that's been, you know, common really throughout the tape this year. And it's fine because it sets up a third and nine that they eventually convert here because Jones makes another great play on that third and nine. But for me here, I'd love to see him occasionally just take this whole shot. That In the NFL, that's a lot of space right there, right? You get the ball out. You get the ball out. Before the receiver gets out of his break, throw the anticipation, throw it toward that sideline right at the 25. And it's going to be a pretty easy and complete, uh, sorry, completion. There's what there, as you pause it right there, there is, let's count. Um, there's almost, yeah, there's about a little over 10 yards of space between the, the second level defender and the safety. That's a, that's plenty of space to throw that shot. It's easily plenty of space. And th these types of plays, I get it. 
Daniel Jones is being coached. Look, let's get into field goal yes. range. It's going to be a tough, gritty, grind it out, right. take the safe throw. But ideally, you want him to throw this. This is a cover two defense where the defender was over the top of Darius Slayton is dropping to a deep half, right? And then 22, who's acting as a middle of the field close safety, drops to the other deep half. And then you just have cover two underneath. So there's basically the defender who is going to be responsible for Darius Slayton is initially aligned on the hash. There's so much space for Darius Slayton to run from the numbers to the sidelines on this comeback route. But since Washington's defenders dropped to extreme depths, Daniel Jones just checks a football down and picks up, you know, a couple yards here. But I think you're right, man. Ideally, you want him to to recognize this. I know it's on the field side and maybe he thinks that's a lot of space to cover, but he has the arm talent to make this. Or like pausing it right here. This is right when Daniel Jones is releasing the ball. And I know this, you can even think if, if this defender, this middle hook defender down on the numbers. If Daniel Jones comes off, maybe he sinks. And this is me speaking for Daniel Jones. Maybe if Daniel Jones is eyeing down Darius Slayton at this point, that defender is going to continue to sink, right? Because it looks like Daniel Jones locks on to the receiver coming underneath Matt Breida. And that forces 29 to kind of plant and but drive. You could, also, can, you could also lock on to Breida and then still make the throw to Slayton. I don't even know if you if he even had his mind on that once he saw. No, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying in general as a quarterback, if you had your mind, like if you had made the decision given this cover two look that you were going to throw this ball to Slayton, right? Like you're going to take this whole shot, you Mm -hmm. could look him off if you want. You could keep your eyes down the middle of the field to to breed as on purpose so that defender sits. Absolutely, yeah, and there's no doubt about that. I think it's Damon Jones, so it's not like right or wrong. I have no idea what he's coached here. I think it's something that we should bring up, though. And you're right; we don't know what he's coached, but we don't see Daniel Jones make those throws often. Because if if he, that's kind of our point here, too. By the way, it's like almost like a defensive Jones at the same time, because we're like, we know he has the arm talent to make these throws, so we just want to see him attempt them a, a, a little bit more. That's my point, though. Like, yep. make maybe isn't the best word, but attempt them. Like he yeah. has like, maybe like two or three this season that I come to mind. He had one to Tanner Hudson. Yep. I think there was one to Richie James, and then one Hudson to Wandell Robinson nice. against against Detroit. He had one to Wandell, but other than that, like there hasn't been many, and they've been on tape. So it's something that I feel like right. the Giants can can work into their game plan because I think Daniel Jones is fully capable of making those throws. And by the way, they will continue to be on tape and there will continue to be those opportunities until the Giants start throwing them and making them because that's how the NFL works, right? Until, like, as you're going to see, teams are going to start to play Lawrence and the Jags pass offense a lot differently now because he's making a lot of these throws consistently. But until you start making them or even attempting them, there's no they're going to keep giving them to you. That's exactly the point, too. Defensive yep. coordinators, they, they don't believe Daniel Jones is going to take advantage of that throw from the field side because right. it is so far. So that's why you see a lot of Jack Del Rio in these inverted cover twos, these, these Tampa two robber type of coverages. You see that defender to the field side over the top of the receiver who is outside the numbers bailing to a deep half, just giving the space because they don't think Daniel Jones is going to throw it. That's a great take. Yeah, that's a great take. And we'll see what happens because we, we both agree that he's more than capable of making these throws. Okay, we have a third and nine here for the Giants. And you'll see at the bottom of your screen, you might be looking at it like, oh man, here's another example of what you guys just broke down with a whole shot available to Darius Slayton, who looks pretty open on the end of the screen. But I think a good thing that uh, Nick pointed out when we discussed this off pod is part of the reason this might've been so open is because Jones actually looks to Slayton first. Like he's interested in taking this shot to Slayton. But when he looks, he probably thinks that the corner is sinking with Darius Slayton and, and running that route. And then once... Jones comes off of that. You can see his eyes. That's when the quarter, when the corner kind of like, you know, uh, what's it called? Squats down. And then that creates such an open void for Slayton. So to this, to me, this one is not like any kind of thing that I would love Jones to take. Like, obviously you can see it and it looks like, oh my God, how does he not take this shot? But I think part of that is what you said, Nick. 
Yeah, I would say the one shot that he, I don't know if I want to say he missed it, was Isaiah Hodgins at the top of the screen when he's rolling out at this moment. You see Isaiah Hodgins on the sideline. The cornerback who's responsible for him is near the numbers now, like on the 15-yard line, so he's not on the 10. But you can see Isaiah Hodgins working back towards the quarterback, and there's no one really underneath him to, to get in the way of the throwing lane. And it's easier said than done, me sitting at a chair where Daniel Jones is rolling away, getting chased by defenders, obviously. But that's one play that Daniel Jones probably wishes he had back. And I like the point that you did make, though, because – Watch the cornerback at the bottom of the screen over Darius Slayton, who, like you said, breaks open because this is another cover two. It looks covered, looks like it could be cover three. It rotates to cover two, and the middle of the field close safety pre snap takes the deep half to Darius Slayton side, which is the boundary side. But that cornerback just takes like two or three steps backwards, right. and I think that scared Daniel Jones off. If we watch from the end zone angle, I want to see if we could see Isaiah Hodgins because I think Hodgins did a really good job adjusting his route and then just using every inch of the field to go to the sidelines. It's just Jones didn't pull the trigger. He can't really set and throw the football with 96 in his face, though. Yeah, it's a tough spot. It's a very tough spot for him. But sets up a fourth and nine here where you get another big boy play from Daniel Jones. That's two now on this drive. This is a two-man underlook, which just for those who don't know means it's man coverage underneath and then two safeties over the top. It's a classic Madden cover look that I use way too often when I play Madden, part of why I lose here in Madden so often. And you're going to see a really nice route run by Richie James here to create some separation, but just an excellent ball by Daniel Jones. You can see it best, I think, when you look at the end zone angle, but you have to have such good timing here from Jones. You have to have such good drive on the football, ball placement, anticipatory throwing. He throws it not right before Richie's out of his break, but close enough. And, you know, that's velocity right there. He just drives that football right in there. And if that ball is a little bit to the right, it's being broken up by that defender a little bit to the left. The other defender is coming off of his receiver to, to make the play on James is going to knock it and break it up. This is such a got to have it moment from Daniel Jones and Richie James. And you look yeah, at the offensive the line, they do an excellent job blocking. Look at Andrew Thomas right. just shutting this guy down. Now that's not really a premier pass rusher, but still great form by Andrew Thomas. But watch the route by Richie James, Dan. So he's aligned maybe about a yard and a half outside of the hash. And he's going up against a defender who's going to be inside leverage. And you can see that right here. He's slightly aligned to the inside. Watch how James just breaks his route off and uses a hard step right there to open Bobby McCain. I think that is up. It might not be. But whoever that defender is, he opens him up, gets his hips flipped. He has to do a little quick speed turn. And then at the top of his break, he angles inward again. Bend into your break, explode out. Yeah. That just gives you that just enough leverage to the to the outside for Daniel Jones to deliver this football right there. Like, look how tight that window is. That is a freaking hell of a throw and play from Daniel Jones and a great route from Richie James. Tight window, a lot of velocity on that throw and great ball placement. That's the type of things you need. Those are the big boy throws that extend drives. And man, this is fourth and nine. Love the call by Dave. We talked about that yesterday, but this is the difference between zero points and seven points because they go on to score seven on this drive. And if they miss this throw, they're getting zero and maybe Washington's even scoring potentially at the end of the half. So it's a big, big, big throw here. Game-changing play here from Daniel Jones. Sets up a first and 10 here. I feel like a little bit bit of a break. It felt like in the broadcast cover to look post snap from Washington. And so you can just empty see formation, empty formation. Again, they go back to the empty. They let Jones cook out of the gun. And what do they get? They get a wide open Isaiah Hodge on the slant. You also have a wide open Daniel Bellinger on the seam. Love that they're finally calling seam for Bellinger. He had multiple seam calls in this game here. He's wide open over the middle. Ideally, you'd probably like Jones to throw the seam to Bellinger here. But he's already seen how open Isaiah Hodgins is. He's made the decision pre-snap, and it's confirmed post-snap, and he likes what he sees. Um, and he throws it, and it's fine because it's still a huge 19-yard gain to Hodgins here. Two great options on this play. 
yeah, this is another just cover two defense, and the Giants are just eating the the Washington Commanders up in the uh, intermediate parts of the field. And watch Jones' eyes because if we'll go back to the sideline angle, I think he influenced both of those defenders over to the flat route with his eyes. That should have been look. Oh, roughing, roughing the passer. He gets hit in the helmet, but watch how Jones looks to his left. And you can see how both, you see how the defender on the screen just jolts right. towards Saquon Barkley. And then he comes right back to the center and delivers a dart to Isaiah Hodgins. And when Hodgins catches his football, there's no one around him, right? Like look how much space Hodgins so much has. Space. I think that's a very, very underrated play that I didn't really realize until I watched the all 22 from Daniel Jones to use his eyes to influence those defenders towards the out route to allow this slant to come open. And that's his best throw, right? That intermediate range, that 10 to 15 yards. You could see the drive on that ball. That's when you say, okay, this dude, anyone who says he has average arm talent. And I used to think at one point coming out, and again, I stand by this. I think his arm talent and his arm strength has improved as his career has gone on, which is highly possible. It happened with Dak Prescott. It's happened with other quarterbacks. You know, work on your lower half, do different things that they have now. A lot of medical, you know, sports medicine has improved, but this is a drive throw. This ball gets there in a hurry. This is a very impressive play by Jones from a lot of stamp, like a lot of different stamp. They'll come back to this too against cover two because they had Bellinger open down the scene too. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. 
Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. I was running low on some groceries, so naturally, I went to a store that sells said groceries to look for my refreshments. There I was in the beverage aisle, and I saw these tall boys of what I originally thought was beer, but it was actually in the bottled water section, and it was mountain spring water from the Alps, and it was called Liquid Death. And I thought to myself, do I want to try this beverage that is named Liquid Death because I hear it brutally murders your thirst, and their recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles— And they also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Those are some pretty cool causes. So I bought myself some Liquid Death, and I enjoyed it. I was parched, and then I drank it, so I was not. So if you want to try some of this Liquid Death, go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods Market, Target, and Stop and Shop stores, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. That's liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. Now we're just going to get his own read from Daniel Jones, who ends up keeping this ball, getting tackled for a two-yard gain. I felt like Washington played it pretty well, got away with a clipping penalty by Daniel Bellinger against Cameron Curl. (laughs) Yeah. That is lucky, but we're lucky we didn't get called for that because that would ruin this drive for sure. And then you see the the play we talked about last night. They go wildcat, and they got Saquon Barkley running in for just basically an untouched touchdown in the red zone. Ends up actually being a strong side run. I think we called it a weak side run. Yeah, but it was just a, it was more it was a boundary run. But you could see how Nick Vanette has a free release to just climb up and locate Cameron Curl. He does a good job, Vanette, by the way. An excellent job. He does an excellent job. The blocking to the play side is, is great because you have that wrinkle of just shifting Jones over. Now Barkley's wildcat. And you can see like Washington's like, oh, shit, what the hell's going on? And watch the kickout block from Ben Bredesen because you're just going to use Andrew Thomas to block down on the three technique. You pull Bredesen, kick out, drive. Feliciano lead block. Didn't really need him because Barkley cut it back inside. But that's a nice explode low to high. Bredesen just keeps his feet moving and just drives 96 off the edge. And this might be a good time to transition a bit to Bredesen, who ended up playing in a rotation with Nick Gates at left guard, but ultimately played a lot more snaps than Nick Gates at left guard. I liked what I saw on tape. I think the technique is great in the run game. I thought he had some solid pass blocking reps. What are your thoughts on what you saw from Bredesen on film? I liked what I saw from Ben Bredesen. I didn't like do like an evaluation on yeah. him. Like I was just watching the tape and getting like a, a nice uh, grasp of how the Giants won this football game and what actually happened. But I'm probably going to go back and actually maybe even write a piece for Big Blue View on Ben Bredesen because from the tape I saw, it was really intriguing. I felt like he wasn't exploited at all. You're going up against Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. You haven't played football in quite some time. Right. You're able to hold your own. And I felt like as a run blocker, he added a little something to the New York Giants as we're seeing throughout a lot of these clips and that one play was just an easy similar i don't want to say easy but it's a simple kick out block you can see just this form how he, he perfectly frames it he explodes low to high gets his hands continues driving through contact i appreciated uh everything that we saw from him and maybe he can be a player dude this kid's only 24 years yes, old like exactly he's not old we he liked could. his film at a mission we liked what we saw like this was not a prospect that's like a player that we convinced ourselves on like chain lemieux which neither of us really loved his organ tape like well, there were moments we liked some of his his abilities in the run game but this is a different kind of prospect, in my opinion. This is somebody we looked at and we liked. We would have been happy with the Giants taking in the mid-round. He had injuries last year. He's had injuries this year. But if he can get healthy, he could be a piece that can help them. 
I'll tell you something I loved about Shane Lemieux's tape tackle yeah. he was playing next to. <laughs> yeah, that was we knew that one. I mean, God, so Seoul's going to be awesome for them, but that's good for them. Anyway, we'll get to the next drive here. It's a five-play, seventeen-yard drive that ends in a punt. Um, there was one, maybe one more, a couple plays before half, which we're not going to get to. But yeah, this is the second half right now, too. We're into the second half now. Starts off with just an easy RPO here, where they find Barry Slayton for a seven-yard gain toward the sideline. You can see how Jones just quickly realizes he's going to throw the football. He just looks at Cam Curl and Jamin Davis, sees them both react in the way that he wants for the throw. Just take what's there. And that's another Even thing. Like he ran good that. RPO at Duke. He ran good RPO with Shomer, Shermer. Let him run some more RPO looks, right? Like let him read that, read the defender and, and make the throws that he needs to make. Yeah. And this is something simple too. I mean, the Giants run this a lot where they have the lone receiver with the RPO. Give Jones that option, right? He can read the leverage, see if he wants to take that throw because the Giants never throw to the two receiver side, the yeah. field side on, on these RPOs. Like Richie James runs this bubble, but it's basically just a way to occupy two defenders. Hopefully right. you can get the safety to pay attention to that, to that side of the field as well, but good blocking and just quick, decisive throw from Jones. Yeah. I mean, look, once again, they're operating better offense out of the shotgun. So it sets up a second and three here, still in the gun. And they're going to have our three yard run here with Saquon Barkley here to pick up the first down. Yeah. Glowinski uh, loses this rip pretty <laughs> bad, but we got to, yeah, let me put it on right here. That was the RPO again, but yep. yeah, Glowinski doesn't do too well against Deron Payne. And I got to say, I know the giants own the point of attack, but like I have such an affinity for watching Washington tape just because of this defensive line, like Montez sweat, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are just all dogs. And I love, love, love the fact that the Giants are developing into that, man, like right now with Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, who's coming around as a run blocker, and obviously Leonard Williams. Or and this defender. was certainly one of those plays that I referenced last night. Those five runs Saquon Barkley had that got the first down overexpected according to next-gen stats. This was one of them because this is supposed to be a tackle for loss here based on the yeah. – based on how badly Glintz gets beat, but he just spins into space and picks up enough for the first. He had two consecutive spins in the fourth quarter too. He just had a great game. Now it sets up a first and 10 here. Another off coverage look with boundaries. Jones makes the decision pre-snap to get the ball out fast to Barkley, but Washington blitzes here. They send both their linebackers on a blitz and that's going to leave some wide open receivers at the bottom of the screen here. Uh, obviously the ball is supposed to be out. Early, he makes the decision pre-snap to go to Barkley. But you can see here, if Jones maybe reads this a little differently pre-snap and can kind of guess the play, gets the blitz, he does have a wide open Bellinger. I think he did. I think he saw the blitz and that that meant to him when he was right. Barkley. Yeah, I think that right. he had he had Barkley against 96. They dropped somebody, which, which confused. Yep. I think it, I think he just like, oh, Saquon Barkley against an edge. I'll take that from the numbers of the sideline. But it was just the ball wasn't placed optimally. Maybe he thought that edge was going to blitz because it looks like the edge almost shows blitz and takes that first step forward and then drops. Yeah, it's a very good observation. You can see how he does that. That might have fooled Jones and he might have thought that Jones, it was going to be Jones against this one cornerback who's reacting to Isaiah Hodgins. That would have been a huge play. Oh, yeah. Sets up a second and 10 here. Cover three. It's a quarters look pre-snap, but they're going to do what they've done a lot in this game, which is rotate that safety down to cover the tight end here. Um, and you're going to see here, Jones is going to try to take uh, just the, just a little curl route to Slayton. He picks up seven yards. Yep, just a curl seam. This is a good cover three beater. A lot of offenses run where you're just going to have two outside curls and then two seam in-breaking type of routes, benders, whatever the hell you want to call them. Jones just likes the fact that Darius Slayton has off leverage. Just quick bang-bang play, well-executed. 
Yeah, I mean, that's why that's the beauty of them staying in the gun here on second and 10 instead of going back under center and running the ball like we've seen in the past with the high run rates that get them into like third and eights. Now they're in the third and three after it, right? And so the, another empty look. We've seen now three, four, five empty looks, which I like here. This was uh, one play that I was a little surprised about, and I was curious to get your take on. Just looking at the pre-snap leverage here, you can obviously have to see after the snap, like Saquon Barkley's wide open at the bottom of the screen um, because they rotate that safety into that like Tampa two, where you can see him kind of like dropping and bailing, um, not the safety, the corner at the bottom of the screen. But I just felt like with the look that the Washington football team had pre-snap, maybe you go look to the field side here, but I can understand why he makes the decision pre also to go to the other side. So I can see it both ways here because this can easily be just a quick curl completion for the first down to the side he's going to as well. Yeah, so Daniel Jones wants to throw to the two-receiver side, which is the boundary side. Now, right at the snap on the field side, Saquon Barkley, who was aligned like seven yards, six yards outside the numbers or something, that safety, as you said, bails to that deep half. But I don't know if Jones, who wanted to go to the to the uh, boundary side, the two-receiver side, the cornerback or the safety, I should say, kind of flows underneath Isaiah Hodgins, anticipating a, a curl route, it looks like, because you are in a Tampa two robber. That cornerback who was aligned outside initially is going to drop to the deep half. You watch how Cameron Curl, who was aligned in a safety position, kind of sinks underneath the number one. And now, because of that, number one is eliminated. But so is Darius Slayton, who's running that quick little hitch route, mm -hmm. right? Look, he has a defender to the outside and the inside. And I felt like Cameron Curl did a really good job, not only eliminating Isaiah Hodgins, but then squaring up to Darius Slayton and deterring Daniel Jones from throwing the football at this point, if you're watching on YouTube. So Jones has to kind of come off, try to evade. He has nowhere really to run. And so he just throws the ball to Richie James for an incomplete pass. He's look, this is a predetermined read. He's going to look to the half field and then make a decision. It's just Washington kind of played it in a better manner than I feel like Jones anticipated. Yeah. And it's quick game. The ball, it's not his, like the ball has to get out. So they played it. Well, he made the good decision not to throw. It could have been picked, mm -hmm. um, but obviously in the end, it's a punt because they get off the field here on third and three. So it'll set up their next drive, which is actually a scoring drive here. And this is going to end up being a, what is it? 43 yard drive, 10 plays. It ends in a field goal here. They get backed up into like a second and 19 after a hold on Feliciano derails the drive, but some progress for sure in this, on this drive. And what do we start with out of the shotgun where Jones is the most comfortable with an RPO look, love the RPO hit Slayton for six yards off the RPO here. Easy money. Like looks good to me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a similar type of concept. You just read 52 pinches and kind of comes down on Saquon Barkley. So Daniel Jones just throws the quick out route to Darius Slayton ball is not placed too well, but Darius Slayton does a good job kind of catching. You see how Darius Slayton kind of has to reach back for it and grab it. You'd rather have that up on the upfield shoulder away from the defender, but either way, just a quick, easy six yards. And then sets up a second and four, which I have a little bit of a funny story for for this play. So for those who don't know on the second and four play here, um, you could pause it real quick if you want to just before you run the play, or you could run back that. I think you're running the RPO. So um, Frank Bellinger, who's the father of Daniel Bellinger, is a fan of Nick and Nick and mine. And he he DMs us regularly about the Giants. And I put up a play earlier, the play that we just showed a few minutes ago where um, Jones threw that pass to Isaiah Hodgins for 19 in the red zone and Bellinger was open over the seam. He's like, yeah, I've seen, he's like, I can't even tell you how many countless times during his San Diego state days that he was open on the seam and they get him the football. I can't wait till they do. And he's like, but you know what? Let me know if you find any plays where, uh, Bellinger is operating the wham block. Cause he's like, he used to do that too. And I used to love when I love when he does that. And then of, of course, as you're about to see on the second and four, they use Bellinger for the wham block and he creates a nice little eight. He, he obviously executes his assignment. Well, that's kind of what he is. He's always executing well in the blocking game you get a nice it springs a nice little eight yard run for Berkeley 
I love Daniel Bellinger on these wham blocks. So a wham block, it's similar to a trap. Essentially, it's just the H back is going to come across the formation and he's going to ear hole a defender who is unblocked. And this allows, as you could see, the center and the guard to climb and take other assignments. You can see how Mark Lewinsky takes the edge, which allows Evan Neal to climb to Cameron Curl. And then John Feliciano takes John Bostic as Deron Payne is like, hey, I'm unblocked. Boom. Just got taken out by Daniel Bellinger. I love the incorporation of wham and trap blocks. I think we actually have a trap block a little bit later in the game. It's something Mike Kafka and Bobby Johnson have dabbled with over the last couple of weeks. And I really think it's helping this rushing attack. Yep. And you're 100% right about that. And I like those calls. I like the trap and the wham. You'll see other examples where it works. So nice run play here. First down off the second and four. Sets up a first and 10 here back to the quick game, back to the shotgun. And you're going to see Daniel Jones on this one. This was the play where he didn't like what he saw, so he decided to tuck in and run. Almost a fumble, really close. Thank God he didn't fumble. That would have been really bad for this game. Um, this was a game they couldn't afford any fumbles in. And so he he holds on to the ball and he creates, I think it was, was it enough for a first or was it a nine-yard run? It was a nine-yard run and then the Giants got a quarterback sneak. But I don't know if Daniel Jones saw the coverage I guess because he catches this football and then he looks to, it looks like the left before working to the right, but you had Derek Forrest, number 22 on Richie James with so much traffic and Richie James is like wide open for quite a while. It's just Jones doesn't see it, which is to the field side, but it's also to the bunch side where you have most of your receiving options, but Jones never really located 22 and saw that he had 80 over here wide open on the numbers. Yeah, you can see that if he if he sees it earlier, gets the ball out, but takes the nine yard run. Obviously, first and second and one. What are the Giants going to do? They want the first down. They're not interested in shot plays on these, which is fine, I guess. But again, I'd love to see it at some point. Take a shot down the field on a second and short. But they take the sneak. It sets up a first down. Here you're going to see on this next first and ten situation, it's a field flare out route to Barkley, who's isolated against the edge. This is kind of goes back to what you were saying before, Nick. If he if Jones confirms pre-snap that he's going to have Barkley against an edge in coverage, he's going to take that matchup all day. And you know what? I don't hate it because I love that matchup too, right? There's going to be times where big plays are sprung off this. Barkley wins in one-on-ones against the linebackers, let alone edges. Um, this one was a six-yard gain, I think. or Yeah, six yards, which is pretty solid. Especially to the field side. Look, if you want to align two deep safeties and we have two blockers and you only have two guys from the hash to the sideline, why not get Saquon Barkley out in yeah. space, right? Like take take what's there and look that edge cannot keep up with Saquon Barkley the linebacker can't match him so you're relying on these two defensive backs to defeat your your Giants blockers and this ends up going for a solid game Richie James he ends up blocking his ass off here yeah his guy ends up kind of making the tackle out of bounds but like the Giants wide receivers man they take pride in their blocking these guys are out there being dogs yeah you're damn right about that and so it sets up a second and four here Giants one split zone at a second and four but again. Where are they? They're in the shotgun. They're finding success running the football in the shotgun. And this is enough here. This is a four-yard or six-yard gain, actually. Gets a couple extra yards here for the first down. This is probably one of the plays, too, that you were referring to in yesterday's show yep. about first downs. Because, look, he gets wrapped up, and Saquon Barkley just keeps his legs moving. Through Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, John Bostic. I mean, like, he picks up an extra three or four yards right. after being completely wrapped up. Very impressive play by Barkley. Great lower half power. Now it's a first and 10 here. Go back under center, and what happens when you go back under center? I'm not saying this is every time, but one of our worst plays so far that we've seen in a long time was this play under center. They try to just run uh, under center here, and it's a great play by Jonathan Allen, obviously. He was a great player. He's going to make some great plays occasionally, but that sets up a second and 19 here, as you're seeing on the screen. Um, this is after Feliciano holds. 
So that puts them into the second and 19 situation. It's a tough spot. Um, this is one where you're going to see just like a little four-yard curl to Darius Slayton. I was hoping they try to get a little bit more here to get them into more of a third and manageable. More of a third and manageable. This is just a similar play. If you look at the bottom, what do you have? A switch release. Both those guys are going to come inside against the off leverage. And then you just run a seam curl to the boundary side and you just take what's there. But you're right. I mean, Daniel Jones, he's not even looking to the field side. He makes his determination that he wants to go to the to the boundary side, the short side. 52 has been blitzing a lot in this game. You can see Jimmy Davis blitzes. So that's one less defender you really have to worry about. So you could throw in that area. But the cornerback's kind of all over Darius Slayton, who ends up falling down as he catches it. They were it ready anyway. for it. Yep. Because yeah. I think if ideally what Jones wants there and what Kafka wants there is a little bit is the corner to play that a little bit more off, right? Like expecting the Giants are trying to throw in the 10 yard range and then you can create that extra six yards after the catch. But corners right on it and stops it for no yards after the catch sets up this third and 15 little low key. Great play here for the Giants for Daniel Jones here. Understanding down distance situation here instead of trying to make a throw here instead of sitting and waiting till the best thing gets open, taking a sack. He decides to take his lane, run the football, and pick up 10 yards that sets them up in a range where Graham Cano can kick a field goal. If he doesn't get this 10 yards, I don't know if they're even attempting this field goal. Very shocked that Washington didn't play a quarterback spy on this True. one. Good point. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, you want to eliminate these receivers, but you bring what, five on the pass rush? You spy Daniel Jones because yeah, the Giants would have extra pass rush. That's a great point. Say Jones picks up two yards with his legs instead of 10. Are they realistically kicking that field goal? Are they going for another fourth and long? I don't know. Just put right. Brian Dable in such a crappy spot. So I'm really shocked that they allowed Daniel Jones to kind of easily break this pocket and find space. Like he's not even really under pressure. He's kind of waiting for those routes to develop, waiting for these Washington defenders to sink into deep zones and then just taking the football and getting Graham Gano into realistic field goal range. Yep. And that helps because that three points makes a difference in the end. So the next drive we're going to show you here right after that field goal drive that puts 17 on the board, if I'm not mistaken. So this one is going to be, yeah, I think that was the last points of the game for the Giants offense here. Or no, they had one more field goal drive. So that put 14, or that put, uh, yeah, sorry, got the score wrong. But this drive is a three and out. Starts on the one yard line after that really good punt. Starts here, though, with a nice play, a little positive for the offense here. Just a duo block up front, five yard run for Barkley. These duo runs, Nick, that's something you mentioned to me after last night's show, um, just the, re the initial recap. And I think you can probably say after this, it's probably been confirmed to you on tape. Now, there was nowhere really to go but up. But the Giants are really struggling with these duo blocks in some of their recent games, leading to like these zero and one yard gains in the run. This is a pretty good job here by the Giants from an execution standpoint to drive and get five out of this. I agree, especially backed up like this. And this isn't like a, a the best box to run in, right? You have <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. You have five guys on the line of scrimmage and then three second level defenders in the second level, and they all just pinch really close. And I just feel like Barkley does such a good job finding the the space against the uh, the block on number 91, Ridgeway. You could see how Nick Gates sees 52, Jamin Davis. He then he picks him up, and then John Feliciano just holds 91, and that allows Saquon Barkley to at least pick up like an extra two yards to give the Giants a little bit of breathing room. Yep. And now second and five. So this play doesn't work, but I love this play, and I'll tell you why, Nick, because they bring in the jumbo tight end. It's Tyree Phillips. And that is a tendency from the Giants. When they've brought in the jumbo all throughout the season, it's been a run. It's second and five. You're backed up in your own zone. You're bringing in the jumbo tight end, Tyree Phillips. It's so obvious to me, like, this is going to be a run. And this is a tendency breaker from Kafka because he doesn't run out of this. He runs play action out of this. Now, it doesn't go for anything. I thought there were a couple options early in the play if Jones wanted them. I thought he could have hit. 
potentially if he wanted that route to Bellinger. I thought he could have hit them even easier, would have been Slayton over the middle of the field. He is a little more patient with it, rolls fully, maybe doesn't see it at all. I mean, and look, by the time he sees Slayton, I can kind of see his eyes, that other defender's kind of, the safety's kind of pinching down. And so it's a, definitely a tougher throw than it was right away if he sees it early. But either of those two, to Slayton and Bellinger, are definitely possible. Uh, you know, they're not easy throws, they're possible. But either way, I like the call from Kafka, tendency breaker here. I think his highest percentage play was the one that he opted to take. It was just a really bad throw at the feet of Saquon Barkley. But he probably was just like, I'm going to throw it away at this point because this defender 52 is all over Barkley when he's deciding to throw the football. But then 52 kind of does a spin and Barkley's open. It's just uh, Jones, I think, already decided to just throw it incomplete with somebody bearing down on him. And I've seen him miss that throw. Not to, not that this is no, no knock on him, but I've seen him miss that specific throw, those like shorter ones on the roll. So it might have just been bad ball place, and we don't know. But either way, it's a miss. And we set up this third and five here, another two-by-two two set. But Washington decides to bring some pressure here, a six-man pressure. And what does that do? That that leaves two routes really open for the Giants. One's more wide open than the other. That one you're seeing on the bottom of the screen is Richie James. As you can see, that little out route from the slot. It's a two-way go, tough spot for the corner. And he just gets out of his break real nice. He's wide open, Richie James. But Jones already made the decision to go to Bellinger here, which is fine. It's a good second decision. Uh, from this angle on the all 22, it looks like a drop, like a bad drop from Bellinger. I think all of you saw it watching from uh, last night, the broadcast angle that you can see the ball placement was certainly behind him here. You want this ball thrown in front of him, um, not to his back left arm where he has to kind of just like flip his hips around and make a catch. But as you can see, you know, as everyone will say, if, you, if it's anywhere New Year's receiver, you're supposed to catch it. Yeah, I'm sure Daniel Bellinger would be the first person to say that, but this is not placed well. Like if Daniel Jones puts this on the upfield shoulder, this is a first down. If he puts Daniel it on the upfield shoulder, there's yak. If he just throws it on the no on yeah. the jersey number, it's an easy first down. Again, look, pre-snap, Daniel Bellinger has leverage to the inside against 22. And you can see how he does a great job at the top of his break using the flipper. Watch how he's leaning in, leaning in. And then he does Ooh, a little a nice subtle route. push right. off. Little subtle push. You're never off. gonna call that. That's a good push off. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's, that's what you're supposed to do. Don't fully extend, even though it looks like he kind of does there. He, does and he, comes out, he comes out of his break and the ball's just behind him. And look, yeah, you could say Daniel Bellinger's supposed to catch that, but Jones has to put a better ball out here for the kid to catch it. And that should have been a first down. I mean, either him or Richie James, you could have thrown the football too. They were both open, but uh, unfortunately it goes incomplete. Yeah. So they're forced to punt there, which sets up their next drive, which is going to be an eight play 33 yard drive. This one, unfortunately, also bogs down, ends in a punt for the Giants. Um, and on this drive, you start to see a little bit of them getting stuff going. But in the end, it just kind of bogs down on a third and long situation. Really, the second and 10 hurt them on that one. But we'll start here with just a cover two look from the Washington Commanders. And against the cover two, they're going to run a little play action with a quick hit on a delayed release from Bellinger. I love this play call. It didn't work that great. Washington was ready for it. But I just love that they're starting to work in these delayed releases, throw to the delayed chip and release type of guy, because that's something Washington really killed. This isn't even a chip and release. It's just a delayed release. Um, well, you also got to think, too, like, what has Washington been doing all game? They've been bringing that linebacker. They've been yes. blitzing him. So you want Bellinger to be right in that area where Jamin Davis is just in case he blitzes. But look at the disrespect that Jack Del Rio just keeps showing the Daniel Jones in this passing offense. Because, again, this looks cover three pre-snap, but it transitions to cover two. But the field side number one receiver who is outside the numbers, the defender over the top of him, the only defender near him, is in a deep half responsibility. Wow. That's how much safety rotation is going that on. It's like, crazy. They, they, the, I'm telling you, man, defensive coordinators, they don't respect the Giants 
to make these types of throws to the field side. And this is like the fourth time we're saying it on these all 22 podcasts. And it's been more and more evident. I feel like as the weeks have gone by, this is the second time Washington has seen the New York giants. I mean, and they're, they're rotating that D back into a cover two look. That's insane. They're leaving no one on that receiver. No one's on Isaiah Hodgins. And what does Isaiah Hodgins do every time? He just flows to the sideline like you're supposed to throw me the football, but the Giants typically they they don't work the field side. You're you're if, if the Giants can consistently attack that, and I know it's not always the optimal situation with your offensive line and all that, but if they can, then you're going to force defenses to play you in every inch of the field, and then you can actually attack everywhere, and that's going to open up other things for your passing attack. But either way, I mean, the Giants pick up a couple yards on this one, four yards. That's a great call, Nick, because that could be a chunk gain if, it, if it's recognized, if it's thrown. I almost want – I'm at the point where, look, even if you don't think it's a high percentage play to make that throw, or even if you're like, this is not part of our game plan, right? We want to grind wins. We don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to turn the ball over. If you just take that attempt, you might be seeing more value for actually trying to attempt that pass because even if you start throwing a couple of those a game, you're going to force these defenses to respect, to play you with more respect, and that changes how they can play you schematically, and that's going to open up other areas of the game that you want to do. Like, the things you want to do more commonly, you don't want to be throwing those types of field throws all the time, right? Like, that's a tough throw to make. It's a lot of space to get it out there. It requires a big throw. But if you do it more, you can do you, it'll open it'll force them, like I said, to play that, and then you open up other things that you actually want to do. The higher percentage stuff, they'll be easier, right? Think about next week. You're going up against the Minnesota Vikings. They suck at defending the pass. Like Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones can go for 300 if the Giants opt to go with a similar approach that they executed against Washington. Yeah. But they have to attack every inch of the field. They have to force Minnesota to defend every inch of the field. And I just feel like the Giants' offense hasn't maximized that. You know, and it's not, and that's it's not, not a receiver because, problem, to be honest. No, it's not a coaching thing either. It's not like Brian Dable and Mike Kafka are ignorant to this. It's a collective issue. Collective that the Giants issue. Are having. Right. Yeah. It's not like the same thing. Everybody falls on the trope. Like if they just had two elite receivers that no. you could see Hodgins there, he's fine. You did what you I said. Could run right? that route. I could run that freaking route and we could and, run that route, but also Hodgins ran it as he was coached. Like you said, he ran toward the drifted toward the sideline. That's what you're supposed to do. Create as much space as possible for that whole shot. And I mean, just look, it's fine there. They don't want to do that. They don't want to turn the ball yeah. over, but against the Vikings, you're right. Like they're bad at defending the pass. Like throw those passes, try, try make, to make them cover every inch, make the defense pay for getting cute. Yeah. Like if they want to be disrespectful to you, make them pay. Right. All right. Like that was disrespectful. It, they rotated the corner to freaking a covered, like a safety look. That's insane. This is, a, this is like the second or third time they did it in this game too. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a wild thing to see. Like I haven't seen that really all year that just like taking the corner completely off, but anyway, it sets up this second and six play here. This was a great play by Daniel Jones that you called out last night. And obviously you didn't need the film to confirm it, but it does confirm it, which is Jones reading this pre-snap. And that's what we want to see. James helping him out too, right? Oh, you James. You're right. James does help him out he, with the point. He he. But basically what they're confirming, what James and Jones are confirming, what they're reading is that that corner is going to blitz. So what does that tell you? If that corner is blitzing, I can throw the pass really quickly on the bubble to Richie James. And now we have a two versus one. We can have the other receiver blocked down. And now it's just James versus that safety. And Hodgins does a good job kind of picking up his assignment, blocking him and allowing Richie James to pick up a really nice gain here. 15 yards. Great job by Hodgins. You're right. Sets up a first in 10 
yeah, for the co- New York Giants. Cover two look here. Um, you could see that the corner does plays this really well. They're they're at this point prepared for this route combination. And I think Jones does a good job of just kind of coming off of it quick instead of hanging on it. In the past, one of the issues I've had with Jones is he'll just kind of hang on that and wait for it to get open. And sometimes that would lead to like backside sacks that were forced fumbles and stuff like that. Instead, he's like, you know what? It's not there. Let me come off of this fast. Let me just create some space and then throw it out of bounds and live to fight another day. This is such a smart play by Daniel Jones to not throw this and really good adjustment by Washington's defensive here. Jones is throwing to the field side. He wants to hit Saquon Barkley, who was the number three receiver in this set on just a quick little flat route. Like he's just going to run underneath both of the New York giants stalk blocking wide receivers to that three receiver side and 29 just reads it and just comes right down. And Jones does an excellent job, just not throwing the football. And if you want to look at the slant flat at the top of the screen, which Jones doesn't look at, you can see how it's not the same type of coverage assignment that Washington has executed. You see how Jamin Davis right. just sits underneath the slant and they're, they kind of just let they just pass the routes off to each other. And you can see they're just really waiting for this slant flat. So Washington started catching on to what the Giants were doing. And Daniel Jones does a good job not throwing that football because that could have been dangerous. Yeah, it could have been. And so now we set up a second and 10 here. It's a four-yard run from Saquon Barkley to get them into a third and manageable. Love the look pre-snap out of the shotgun with Bellinger in that H-back role. Comes up, climbs, does a good job executing his assignment. You could see if Bredesen, who kind of gets tripped over here, if Bredesen doesn't get tripped over, this could have been an even bigger play. Yeah, it wasn't really on Bredesen. You can see he trips over Jonathan Allen's back foot at that moment. You see how he just loses his footing. But you were right. That could have been a much bigger play. Still halfback draw, pick up four yards, yeah. set up a third and six. Still solid play. Third and six here. Thought this was another good play by Daniel Jones here. It's a, it, He's facing a cover two. He's real patient against this look and eventually comes back to a little soft spot in that zone, which is Saquon Barkley leaking out. And he puts it in a good spot for Barkley to just catch it quickly transition his body to getting upfield vertically into and, and kind of lunging for that first down. This was a nice job by Jones. I thought it was patient. He looks left, comes back right, and then comes back over the middle to Barkley. I'm a little shocked that Del Rio kept playing the cover two in these third and six. Yeah. Like, they just keep dropping to these deep zones that are like a yard, two yards behind the sticks. It's like right. Daniel Jones, just take what the defense has given you. And Daniel does. He's just like, all right, if you're going to drop that deep, I'm just going to get the football to Saquon Barkley. It's an right. easy first down conversion. I just don't really know why they kept doing this. Yeah, I don't either. But, you know, Del Rio has been, I'm not a huge fan of Del Rio. I think he's probably one of the bottom tier coordinators left in the NFL, just a pure, um, you know, what do they call it? What was the Hal Hunter hire? The, um, the pure nepotism. nepotism hire. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, and then they've had a nice stretch run recently, the Washington football team with defense, but I, I think that's more personnel based to be honest. So here we have a first and 10, two by two again, quick game back in the gun. Love that slam flat. You know, you're going to run a lot of quick game, Nick. One thing that's going to happen at some point is a batted pass to the line of scrimmage. That's happened sometimes when you run, a, when, when you run a lot of quick games. So this was the only one, and this was the first one and it's deep into the game. So you'll, you'll take it right. Like sometimes you're just going to get a ball batted at the line of scrimmage when you run a lot of quick game. I'm actually really glad this got batted at the line of scrimmage because oh, yeah, Washington, yeah. Washington was ready for the slant flat to the boundary side. And Daniel Bellinger, if the ball got to him, he was going to get lit up by this. He would have took a really big hit. And would have maybe picked and up a yard. Playing, you know, that rib injury, he didn't, there's not much reporting on it or anything, but he was playing with a Kevlar vest in this one. So obviously he was in a lot of pain last week and he's, and he's still playing, he's playing through that injury. It's not like it's fully healed, nothing wrong with it. So you don't want him taking another huge hit. No, absolutely not. And you could see also, I'm not sure if we'll be able to see it, but you could see it from this angle. We'll try the end zone angle. 52 is inside. Like they're, they're basically challenging the giants from a pre-snap look. Yeah. You can't see from the end zone angle, but they're basically challenging it. 
like you could throw this this little flat to Daniel Bellinger, but you can see how that DB, the cornerback on the outside, was right. just waiting for it. Yep. They're baiting. The and chess match. It's the chess match. So it sets up a second and 10 here, and the Giants are going to run a fast four here with Barkley, as you can see, motioning to that side, and that's all to set up a quarterback draw. Giants have caught defenses out by surprise in this at times, but not this time. Washington was able to read it right and stop him for a two-yard gain. Yeah, you try to run into a box that is somewhat favorable, but everybody just kind of quickly anticipates it, and Jones only gets a, a solid gain, but you know nothing too spectacular. Third and eight situation here. This is probably, you know, you want to hear all the fans complaining and rightfully so about the no defensive pass interference called, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin's penalty. But here, you know, they could have called this one on Washington for sure. Richie James is trying to create separation at the top of his route here in the middle of the field. And that's almost definitely where Daniel Jones wants to go with the football here on this third down conversion. And he essentially just gets tackled at here, Richie James. So it's obviously pass interference or at worst, like illegal contact. Yeah. This should have extended the drive and look, like you said, sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. Giants were the bug on this one, but we'll say end, this though about this, Nick. I would like to see even after Richie James gets tackled and Jones is like, all right, well, I can't go there. That's obvious. Him to just say F it and fire this ball downfield to Isaiah Hodgins, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, Hodgins isn't really in the best position. Like, Not in great the position, but it's still a better throw than the Barkley throw to me. I think so. And that cornerback who's on Barkley, he does a good job. Barkley kind of like does a little stutter step. The cornerback could be picked potentially. You throw the Barkley throws, in my opinion, has a much higher percentage of being intercepted than the Hodgins throw. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, and it's not like you're going to like, I'm not mad at him. Like, oh, he made the wrong read, anything like that. But if he takes that Hodgins shot, at least there's a chance for pass interference. There's just, you know, there's better things that can come of it rather than going to Barkley and potentially getting jumped, uh, you know, undercut for the interception. Yeah, that was close. That was close. Could have could have been scary there, Dan. Yeah, that would have changed the whole game. Thankfully, that didn't happen. So we're going to wrap up here with the Giants' last drive on offense, which was a really good one, actually. A nine-play, 54-yard drive to put that game-ceiling type field goal on the board here. And what did they do? They did a lot of what you've seen against the Titans, what you've seen against the Bears in some of their wins earlier this season. They went back to the run game, but I like how they did it out of the shotgun, you know? like, And you'll start here with something Nick mentioned earlier when he was talking about the Bellinger wham block. Like, Giants are running a little more wham blocks and trap plays. This was a trap play here with Bredesen doing a good job getting to the second level and just really good blocking all around. And it turns into, you know, a set a 12 yard gain out of this to kick the drive off. This is why running trap is so excellent. If you can execute it quickly and that guard can get into position because Glowinski, he doesn't need the double team. This, this, uh, this one technique Feliciano can handle him. Glowinski's just going to go right around and no one's going to block Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen. So Glowinski has to just get in his way and watch when you do that, you have Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen up at the second level. Doesn't even have to make that clean of a block Dan and Saquon right. Barkley squeezes through. And now you're putting a safety against Saquon Barkley in space. That's why trap runs work when, whenever they can be executed correctly. They're not the most easy, not the most easy assignment for offensive linemen, but got to love it when it's blocked up. Well, 12 yard run there to kick the drive off. Then a first and 10 here. We're going to get another big run play, a 15 yard run by Saquon Barkley off of duo. And this is a lot of an individual effort here. Still pretty solid blocking up front for sure. But Saquon Barkley with a spin move that just whoop gets them an extra, what, five, six, seven yards. Nice, Chris Berman. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was an insane spin move, but also great block by Feliciano and yeah. Ben Bredesen. Double teaming Jonathan Allen, who was aligned directly in the A gap. Watch you combo, you combo. This is duo blocks. You have both the double teams up front and duo systems. You need those tight ends to be able to hold up against some edge rushers. Watch Daniel Bellinger. He's an absolute dog. He's doing his job against his assignment. And then Saquon Barkley does such a good job just splitting that 
splitting that double team that climbed up to the linebacker, get skinny through the hole and then spin off Cameron curl, make him look like an idiot. That's just excellent execution from the giants. Yeah. I love how you broke that down with Barkley getting one skinny through the hole two spinning for extra yardage. Then it sets up another first down. They're going to get another run off of duo here with Saquon Barkley out of the shotgun. Whoop. Another huge spin move. This time it creates an extra eight or nine yards after the spin. Yeah, dude, these these line or these safeties got to realize you got to wrap up Barkley. This is Derek Forrest, a really good young player, but that's a bad tackle attempt right there. Look at how he goes low. That's no good. And I'd be remiss if we don't bring up Evan Neal because this is a combo block, and now it's excellently executed by Glowinski and Neal three technique. And watch how you can see Glowinski has to come up and take Jamin Davis. Now Neal has to make this block. This is a difficult block, but he gets his hips across, just keeps his feet moving, and yeah. Deron Payne can't even get to the, like that. the point where he needs to tackle. Really good block by Neil. That's what you want to see from Neil. That's him, you know, like that kind of drive, staying on that block and driving his feet. That's how he's using all 340 pounds of him. I know we talk a lot about Daniel Bellinger's blocking, but plays like this, it, they're not going to jump out at you in terms of stats, but he has to hold up at the point of attack against Montez Sweat. And he does that just long enough, right? How many times in the past have we True. seen the starting tight end just break right off the ass of Evan Neal and and, and Daniel Bellin or and uh, the edge makes the tackle? Now I'll say yep. this: another reason why that happened is because Montez Sweat has to respect Daniel Jones off the zone read, even though this wasn't a zone read, he still has to respect that. And I think that might have forced hesitation for Montez Sweat, but Daniel Bellinger just does his job, man, as a blocker, and I, I love the fact that the Giants got this guy on day three. Yeah, huge find for them. We love Bellinger. So now it sets up a first and 10 here after three straight run plays. We're going to get a four straight run play. That's the Mike Kafka way. And I don't care if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're churning clock at this point. Um, this one only goes for three yards here, though, by Saquon Barkley. Yeah, John Feliciano tries to dominate who is at Ridgeway at the point of attack. Ridgeway makes a really good play. Just kind of catching Saquon Barkley for a for what I think ended up being a three-yard rush, which was actually kind of impressive because I thought it was like a negative yes. game. <laughs> Sets up a second and seven here. Go back to the zone read. That's what Giants do here. And on this zone read play, Jones decides to be the keeper on it. Hold the ball, take it. And he's able to win the edge here. And then after winning the edge, I love what he does at the end of this run to finish this run. So first he wins the edge. If he wants to, he can get to the sideline, but he knows the clock. He knows the situation. And even though it's we don't really want our quarterback taking hits like this, to be honest, like just a pure shot to his left shoulder, it does keep him in bounds and it does keep the clock moving. And look how many commanders are on the line of scrimmage. You got the five on the line of scrimmage. And then at the snap, you have all these guys pinching up to stop the run. Nobody really pays attention to Saquon except the last contained defender. So this is just a big gain for the Giants. Sets up a first and 10. We're going to get another zone read. This time he gives the ball to Saquon Barkley. There's a lot of commanders at the line of scrimmage. For this. <laughs> oh, look yeah. at that box. This is just, it's fine. Like I get it. We're at the stage of the game where we really are most concerned with chewing clock up which is fine. We feel like we're ready in field goal range. We just need a few yards, keep the clock moving, get the field goal while burning as much time as possible. I'm actually okay with that. But obviously, you know, like just looking at this pre-snap, this is almost 0% chance of working. Like again, this team played so many quarters and too high against the Giants. And now they're like loading the box. Right. And it's just like, wow, now the commanders are really selling out to stop the run. Yep. And so here you see uh, the second down play here, uh, split zone here from the zone read. This is a three yard gain for Barkley. Turns out a, little, a few more yards out of it. Yep. They set up a third and six. And here they're going to go to an RPO look here on this final third down, their final offensive play of the game. Sort of trying to go for the first down, but mostly I think just trying to get a high percentage pass play so they can kind of like keep the clock going it's actually a really good catch by Darius Slayton this could have easily been a drop to stop the clock he has to catch it 
behind him with one left hand stretched out, brings it back into his body, catches it, then fumbles it, but recovers his own fumble. Bro, I, I mean, I, I like the fact you're trying to catch Washington, who was really aggressive the last two plays off guard, and you want to try yeah, to get Yeah, but probably just run it here, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one way to look at it, but it's, it's just look at this. If Darius Slayton just mistimed his jump, which oh is something God, that Darius Slayton is prone to do, this could have been a pick six. It was yeah. closer than I thought. And once I watched the all 22, I was like, oh, now if we say, if we check it out from, from this angle, like Jones, like I get it. You're rolling out. That guy contains you like Oof. that could have easily oh been a God, pick dude. six. Yeah. If, Jones, if Slayton doesn't get his hand out there, that is probably a pick six. Very, very scary. Or maybe a pick and a tackle by Slayton, hopefully. Possibly, depending on Slayton, like what he does with his body when he tries to adjust to the football. When he realizes what happened, yeah. So, wow, that's a lot of risk there for no real reason, but (laughs) because they don't even go for the first really like that. You're right. You could maybe catch him off guard, but probably not. Um, But luckily, it was no interception. They got stopped. They kept the clock moving. They recovered the fumble, and they kicked the field goal. And that was it for the Giants offense. They won the game. So now let's wrap this thing up, Nick, with some superlatives. I want to start here with your unheralded player on the offense from the film. There's a lot of players we can yeah, go really with was. in terms of the unheralded players. But I think I have to go with Richie James, who consistently just comes up with these big plays. And it's been in garbage time the last couple weeks because the Giants haven't really necessarily been all that competitive. And I know he's had the fumbles in the past, but I feel like, you know, the fourth and nine catch, the third and nine catch, there there were some big, huge moments in this game for Richie James. And he almost missed the game because he wasn't at practice because he was in the protocol. So I'm going to have to go with James. James is the answer. There are a lot of honorable mentions, Bellinger, Bredesen, Neil, to some extent. Um, There's plenty of honorable mentions that you can go through Hodgins, but James is the right answer. James came up with huge catches on third and long, huge catches on fourth and long. He ran good routes. You know, everybody wanted, there were people who wanted to cut him after those fumbles against Seattle. And that just shows why you don't cut a player like that for some mistakes, right? You can bench him. You can reduce his role for a little while, whatever, but don't cut a guy who's actually contributing. He was contributing before that bad game against Seattle. And now he comes back, has a huge game for the Giants, right? So he wins my unheld award too. Let's go with your favorite throw on film from Jones. Favorite throw from Jones. I really like the Hodgins one that we that we broke down at the end of the 18 play drive, but I think I'm going to go with the fourth and 11 or the fourth and nine, which is going to be, I'll just spoil it right now. Best route too is yes. the Richie James fourth and nine. So I'm going to go with both of those plays. Same play, but honestly, just really well executed by Daniel Jones and Richie James. I'll go James for the best route but I'll pick a different play for my favorite throw. It's the third and nine. I just think that was like classic old school. Like when I was evaluating his Duke tape and I was like, what are some of the traits I love about Daniel Jones that stand out above the rest? One of them was that I saw so many countless times at Duke where he would just sit in that pocket, knowing he's going to get freaking clobbered by the pass rush and not let him affect the throw at all. Like see a lot of quarterbacks shy away. They'll kind of like fall backwards off their back foot. He stood tall to rip that thing in there with drive with ball placement didn't let it go off his back foot to kind of throw off the velocity. And that's a really tough throw. So that was my favorite throw by far from Jones. Um, and then best route. I said the James play. How about best player on film overall? This is an interesting one. I don't think it is. I think it's easy. And I think it's Saquon. I think okay. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I think Saquon Barkley deserves the number one. Not that Andrew Thomas had a bad game, but I don't think it was Andrew Thomas's best game just because he lost around the edge a couple times, but it still didn't really affect the play because Andrew Thomas is an absolute stud, a total beast. But Saquon, man, he had some vintage like week one, 2018 Penn State type of runs, man. He looked really good. So I'm going to definitely go with Saquon. It's a close one for me, not with Andrew Thomas. So it's a close one for me between Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. 
Because even on like the plays that I but we went over where like there, you know, there's whole shots and you're even seeing like the disrespect Washington's playing by rotating off the corner. I don't know if he's just being coached not to take those. It's really something I can't answer. Yeah. So it's hard to like knock him for those. And he made some really good plays, but close, very close for me, because I think they both like Daniel Jones is third and nine. Daniel Jones is fourth and nine. The run on third and 15 to get 10 yards in the field range. Those are all like big game changing plays from Jones. Barkley also had his own set of them. The five runs he had over expectation for first downs, the spin moves, the catch in the flat where he has John Bostic right on him and he creates a first down out of it. So I'm going to give this one to Barkley by by a, uh, you know, what's hair. Okay. I, I think I did that out loud, though. That, 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 that <laughs> be, we've cursed at times on this. Uh, we've cursed at times on this pod, and I, and I we apologize for that. We don't want to curse on this pod. No, no, we don't. That want one to. is a curse that I can never say out loud. No, if, if your mother heard Nancy that, Nancy Schneier yeah. would be very no. disappointed. She's like very, very offended by that word. So, and I've like been taught to never say it. So, I won't. Uh, how about this one? How about the best play call for Mike Kafka? Your favorite, at least. Wow, there are a lot. I just I love agree. the over. I just want to go with the overall adjustment that he had to attack, and yep. which we went over this entire game. But uh, if we had to single out one specific play call, I mean, I think from a philosophical standpoint, I'd rather just go with the the quick game approach. But let's say the the runs at the end of the game. I like the fact that he stuck with the duo runs because it was working after using a trap run. I like yeah. that he had the trap and the wham incorporated. And if we wanted to say the best play, let's just go with the touchdown because it was unique and it kind of yeah. goes back to what they did against Carolina, did against Tennessee. I think they did it against Tennessee. They did it against Green Bay. They did it a lot earlier in the season. A lot early in the year. I'm going to go with the... 19 yard catch in the red zone, Isaiah Hodgins. I love that cover two beater there with the seam to Bellinger wide open if he wants yeah. it, or the pass to, to Isaiah Hodgins, where that, that's more on Jones, obviously, that's you broke down for like looking to the left so much to bring that defender over to open up that range for Hodgins. But either way, the design has Bellinger wide open up the seam, and I love that. And I want to see more of that against cover two looks. Um, all right, let's wrap this thing up with your pass blocking grade one through 10. This is an interesting one for a game like this. Yeah, pass blocking was good, right? Yeah. Daniel Jones wasn't oh, yeah. really under duress. I'm going to go with a good 7.6. I think it was. Yeah, he was really... under duress sometimes, like the third and nine we talked about. And there were times mm -hmm. where, the, where they brought like six, and then he's going to be under duress. But some of those four man rushes were picked up really freaking well by the Giants. Well, the thing that impressed me was they blitzed Washington. Like they brought five, yep. and the Giants were on top of it. And when they did twist, Giants were on top of it. Like yeah, except for the one where they slid pre-snap and it was kind of like a bad job with Bredesen and Thomas. That was the only one. But there were several that that we saw throughout the film where I was like, oh, crap, Evan Neal, Mark Lewinsky. Yeah, they did a much better ball. job on the right side. I agree. I'm going to go 7-7. Seven, seven. I'm right there with you on the pass blocking. One of the best we've had all season from the past. If they can keep that up, man. They'll be a much better team moving forward. This is going to be probably one of the better defensive fronts they face. Moving forward, I mean, not if they have to play San Fran uh, in the first round of the playoffs, but it's better than what Minnesota has left with the injuries, I think. And we'll see next week, though, for to be sure about that. Run defense grade 1 to 10. Run blocking, yes. Oh, I'm so, sorry, run blocking, not run Yeah, defense. I think the run blocking was good, man. It was much better than it's been, and which is much better. very encouraging. I'm going to go with a 7-2, maybe slightly below the pass blocking, but I still think it was well executed, and I also feel like Daniel Jones, just from an individual effort standpoint, was off the charts. I agree with that last statement. I'm going to go a little lower, 6-4. I still think there's going to, like, to get into the sevens for me, there's a little bit of room to grow. But, I mean, we were at the twos and the threes for a while, these last few the podcasts. Ones. The ones, the twos, the threes. Now we're at the six and the seven because the duo blocks are being operated much better. They're, like you said, throwing in some trap and wham blocks that are working well. The zone read was was looking better blocked than I've seen in recent games. Not one counter run. 
not one counter. You're right. But again, they don't. This isn't really a tight front team. Like they did a, maybe yeah. a, I think a couple plays. This is much more of a even front four down type yeah. of team. And we'll see tomorrow because I, I said run defense. That's not going to be as pretty tomorrow when we get to that. This is not <laughs> no. going to be as fun to watch. But there were sick plays by the pass rush, so we got that going for us. Anyway, that's all we have for today on the Big Blue Banter Podcast. Thank you for keeping it locked and loaded here. There's a lot more to come this week. We're going to do a defensive film breakdown tomorrow. And then we're going to do a preview podcast with the, with the Vikings uh, with Sean, who we're going to have him on, Sean side. He's an awesome film, dude. I mean, this dude breaks down Vikings film like we do it here. So I think you guys are going to love that. Maybe we'll do something else too, like a mailbag or something. We'll, we'll kind of we'll look for stuff later uh, in the week as well. But keep it locked and loaded. Thank you so much. Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, you hit subscribe. And you hit the bell button so you get the new video alerts. Hit like on any video you watch. Make sure you do that. That's very important, those two things. If you haven't already, but you are a listener, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.